Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. God says to Abram, Abram, I want all the blessing back. I want Isaac back. I want what I gave you back. And Abraham says, You could have it, God. You could have it. Do we love God so much that though he slay us, yet will we praise him like Job said. That though he take the blessings from us, we will serve him anyway. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Do you love the gifts more than the giver? Do you accept blessings and then quickly forget God? Or can he trust you with sacrifice? In today's message, Pastor Ed shares how Abraham's love for God was not based on anything temporal, even his only son. Perhaps we all go through a childish stage where we follow God merely hoping to collect blessings along the way. Eventually, though, we should mature past this and realize that God's worthy of our honor even when he seems to take back blessings. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. Now devotion will cause you to obey even when you don't understand. Abraham had no clue what in the world was God doing in his life. It didn't make sense. It didn't seem like God knew what he was doing. The command seemed to cancel out the promise. God had promised him a son, a son that would be his heir, a son that would be his descendant, a son that would carry, as it were, blessings into the future. And here God says to him now, give that son up. Sometimes it's difficult to understand God's leading in our lives. Abraham had that difficulty. God, you gave me this child. We waited for this child. We prayed for this child. We hoped for this child. And suddenly God says, I want it. If you've walked any time with the Lord and you've gone any amount of years with God, there have been things about God's providence that have confused you. Things about God's leading in your life and dealing with your life that have sometimes caused you to wonder, God, what in the world are you doing? But see, God doesn't ask us to understand him just to obey him. It's not necessary for me to explain God. It is necessary for me to obey God. We are called to believe God when we can't understand him. We are called to trust God when we can't trace him. It seemed like God was against God. Faith was against faith. The promises seemed... To go against the command. To take this course, to take this direction, would be completely opposite 
Sometimes you think you're going to be going in the wrong direction. You think, Lord, I don't understand how this fits into my life. I don't understand how this fits into your plan. But I'm devoted to worship you. And I will obey what you've said. So the devotion calls us to not only just obey the Lord without understanding, but it calls us even to obey when it's painful. Listen to the conversation here. It's filled with emotion. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac. Now, imagine he's placing the wood. He knows that Isaac is going to be a burnt offering. He's going to sacrifice his child. And now, let me just sidestep this for a moment. In that culture, Abraham knew the Canaanites would offer their children in worship. He knew that the custom in the era of Chaldeas was to have child sacrifice. Later on in Leviticus, God clearly says this is against his word, against his will, against his plan. But Abraham, God was using that culture at the time to test him. He would not offer a sacrifice of his son, but Abraham didn't know it at the time. Look at the emotion of this. He puts the wood on Isaac's back, and then his son speaks up. Verse 7. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here. Isaac said, but where is a lamb for the burnt offering? Where is a lamb for the burnt offering? It's like Isaac reaches up and grips a hold of Abraham's heart and pulls it out and tears it to shreds. The pain that Abraham must have felt sometimes to obey God is painful. He's going to ask you things that are going to be hard to do. Child, break up that relationship because that relationship won't take you to the right place. He's going to speak to you and say, I want you to make a change in your life and that change will be so significant that it's going to cost you greatly and it's going to hurt. Sometimes just because you're walking in obedience, because you're listening to the voice of God, you're going to experience deep pain on the inside. Wait a minute, pastor. I thought this was a monorail. I thought it was going to be a joyride, getting me from destination from A to B. Sometimes it's like a roller coaster with all sorts of twists and turns where suddenly you're confronted by God with a test that demands, demands you make a decision that will be painful, that will hurt Now, in in the midst of all of that, not understanding fully, going through such pain, Abraham is devoted to worship God. And in the midst of all of that, God gives him a prophetic word and makes him a prophetic picture. God says to him, 
And he says it. We will come back to his servants. Speaking of himself and Isaac, he says, we will come back. The New Testament commentator looks at that Old Testament passage and the Holy Spirit breathes into his mind this interpretation. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Abraham, when God attested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God would raise the dead. Abraham reasoned that God could raise Isaac from the dead. There had never been a resurrection up to this point in Scripture. Abraham had never read of one, heard of one, seen of one, experienced one. But somehow the Holy Spirit revealed to him that God could raise the dead. And Abraham became a picture of God the Father and God the Son. Isaac was not a tot running around. He was no toddler. He was no preschooler. At this time, he was at least, according to the Hebrew language, a teenager in his late teens. Why didn't Isaac resist? Why didn't Abraham's an old man now? He's running around 115, 118 years old. He's an old man. I think Isaac saw enough of God in Abraham that as Abraham trusted God, Isaac trusted Abraham. Parents, if our children see enough of God in us, they might just trust us. His feelings did not dictate his obedience. So many times, people will obey if they feel good. We're in a feel-good culture. We will worship if we feel good. If I feel good, I'll lift my hands up. If I feel good, I'll serve. If I feel good, I'll give. If I feel good... Abraham felt miserable. There was a war raging on the inside of him. He was going to offer his son. He wasn't sure what exactly was going to happen, but he was going to worship. Oh, we need worshipers like that in the church today. They may be going through times and they don't understand what's happening. They don't understand their prayers don't seem to be answered. Their way seems dark. Things don't seem to work out exactly the way they thought it would be. But yet they're still worshiping God. We need people who will, in spite of the pain in their life, in spite of the anguish in their life, in spite of the deep trials that seem to rivet them, they will lift up holy hands without doubt, without wrath, and worship God even as Abraham did. I see in this portion of text, this devotion to worship, and it's expressed by his willing to worship even though he doesn't understand, his willingness to obey even though he can't comprehend, and he is willing as well to obey even if it's painful. There's a principle here The principle of obedience is found in verses 9 to 12. In Genesis 12, 12, it reads, Do not lay a hand on the boy. This is the angel speaking from heaven. He said, Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. 
because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. His obedience was grounded in the fear of God. This fear of God is reverence and love for God. That's what it's speaking about. It's an awe of God that doesn't want to offend or grieve or hurt God. And so here Abraham is. Abraham is a man willing, willing to obey because he fears God. God rips away at all the things and he says, here, Abraham, at the core, I recognize, I see that you fear me. That's the reason for your obedience. Think about how oftentimes we fall in love with God's gifts and forget the giver. Abraham loves the benefactor. It's possible to love the blessings of God more than God. It's possible to love the family that God has given you, the job that he's given you, the possessions that he's handed over to you, and those blessings that have come your way, you mold into an idol and you worship them. See, we need to love God more than we love any of the gifts he bestows upon our lives. Do we serve God for the blessings that he gives? Or do we serve God just because he's God? Now, granted, when it starts off, it may start off that way. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, God calls Abram and says, Abram, come and follow me and I'll bless you. But here, towards the end of the course... God says to Abram, Abram, I want all the blessing back. I want Isaac back. I want what I gave you back. And Abraham says, you could have it, God. You could have it. Do we love God so much that though he slay us, yet will we praise him like Job said. That though he take the blessings from us, we will serve him anyway. If he were to take all that he gave, would you still worship him? Would you still praise him? There in Lusaka, in Zambia, we saw people in utter poverty with absolutely nothing. Maybe a meal a day, some of them, maybe Simple sustenance just to keep them going. But those who were Christians, those who were followers of Jesus Christ, were filled with joy, filled with happiness, filled with praise. Uh, to be that type of person that doesn't need, as it were, all the things around them. But to have God is to have more than enough. To have God is all that it's about. It was back in the 70s that Andre Crouch put that question into a song. Listen to the verse of the song. But if heaven never were promised to me, neither God's promise to live eternally, it's been worth just having the Lord in my life. Living in a world of darkness, he came and brought me the light. Would it be worth it? Would you serve God if there were no heaven and no hell? Would you serve God just for the privilege of knowing him? That's what Andre Crouch wrote. That's what he asked us in that song. 
I think sometimes the heart of God is so heavy because people associate him and confuse him so much with his blessings that they make an idol out of it and they worship at the shrine of what he's given them instead of worshiping him. God help us to love God more than everything or anything he has given us. Ah, will you give God your very best? That's what's happening here in this text. When God says to Abraham, Abraham, I want your Isaac, he was saying, I want what is most important to you. I want what is central to your life. I want what is the most valuable thing in your life. If God put his finger right now, this morning, on your Isaac, that which you value, that which you treasure, that which you hold dear, and he says, I want it. Would you like the rich young ruler go out, downcast countenance, sad? Because God asked you for that which was most valuable. He wants your best. He doesn't want leftovers. He wants your best in worship, your best in praise, your best. I think of the words of our Lord Jesus to Peter after Jesus had been resurrected and he meets Peter by the seaside. He says... Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Scholars debate on what the these mean. Do you love me more than these? Maybe it was the nets. Maybe it was the fishing. Maybe it was the people. Maybe it was whatever it was. God asks you, do you love me more than these things that I've given you? Will you worship me with your best? Will you come and give your all to me? That's what he wants. And someone has said, the principle of sacrifice is thereby revealed here. For God does not ask worshipers to give him that which they do not treasure or that which they no longer care for or need. Rather, God requires that as worshipers offer him the best they have. God, I give you everything. Can you say that? Will you even dare say that? You know, this portion of scripture shows us the reward of obedience because obedience always goes rewarded. If you obey, God will bless. That's in the passage in verses 13 to 19, the reward of obedience. You see God's provision in verse 14. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain, the Lord, it will be provided. Uh, Think about what Abraham is saying. He's saying, and in the Hebrew, it's Jehovah Jireh. My God will provide. The trouble with us often is this, is we want the provision, but we don't want it on Mount Moriah. 
We want the provision, but we don't want it walking the path of sacrifice where we present our Isaac to the Lord. But that's where it's found. It's found when we've given our best to him. Then he will provide for us supernaturally. We want his supernatural peace, his supernatural joy. We want his supernatural power in our lives. But we can't find it only on Mount Moriah where you come and you sacrifice and you give your all to him. And there Abraham is and he says, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. I tell you, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. When you go to that place and you say, God, you have my all, you have my everything, God will provide in wonderful ways for you, in supernatural ways for you. God will do what he has said his word will be fulfilled in your life ah his provision and his blessings they make rich in verse 17 i will surely bless you ah god wants to bless you young people hear me on this even if your parents are deacons or pastors or elders or grown up in the church And the blessing from a godly home is given to the children. They are blessed. But I tell you, you must stand for yourself to come under the blessing. You must know yourself how to receive that blessing. Because Jacob had to. Jacob had to recognize that he had to wrestle with the angel of the Lord so that he might be blessed. That blessing is yours, but you too have to walk the journey of faith even as Abraham did. The Jewish people made that tragic mistake. They thought because they were the physical lineage of Abraham that because they were Jews, the blessings were automatically theirs. It's those who walk the walk that Abraham walked, those that are spiritually tied to Abraham by faith and by obedience. And if you are spiritually tied to Abraham by faith and obedience and you are willing to say, oh God, I will serve you, I will surrender all. Lord, even when it's cost me greatly, I will obey. I tell you that God's blessing will be on your life. The promise is for us. Now, come to the end of the message. Are you on a monorail or a roller coaster? Are you expecting that life may take its twists and turns? It may have its ups and downs. It will certainly have its surprises. It may have its greatest challenges ahead for you. But if you'll just obey If you'll just listen to his voice, God will come through every time. God may be speaking to some of you, and he's asking you for your Isaac. I don't know what that Isaac is. Maybe it's a relationship that God wants you to surrender to him. Maybe it's some job I don't know but God knows will you speak to him about it 
God tested Abraham. Thank you for joining us again today as Dr. Ed Jones continues to take us through the life of Abraham here on Building in Faith. In the book of Genesis, we learn that God called Abraham to leave everything and, amazingly enough, he did. Abraham followed God because he was holding on to the hope that the promises God made would happen. He didn't see how he would ever even have one child, much less a whole nation, nor could he see the land God was promising. And there was no way he could ever imagine that one day Jesus, the Savior of the world, would be coming from his line. We know looking back that all of those things did come to pass. Is God taking you on a walk by faith into the unknown? Has he called you to do something that is bigger than yourself? What are the promises he's made to you? Do you believe that, like in Abraham's life, God will fulfill every one of them? We would love to be a part of your faith walk here at Building in Faith. If you need prayer as you step out in faith, give us a call at 845-462-5955. Again, that's 845-462-5955. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we want you to know how loved you are by the Heavenly Father you're following. If you'd like to listen again to today's message or hear other teachings by Pastor Ed, you can do so at buildinginfaithradio.com. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. But tune in again next time to learn more about Abraham right here on Building in Faith. Your word